band Like the Ghost, and this is our continuing series of song deconstructions. Uh, we have episode 93, and this is the continuation of um, our live uh, Facebook concert we did on Saturday, um, which was um, the 17th of uh, November. Um, so we like to do these Facebook live concerts and we hook up our Go Mixer with our iPhone. We're using um, the newest iPhone Max XS with a rolling Go Mixer, the original version, not the new one. Put it on a, um, a stand, well, a mic stand with a cell phone um, holder. And then we connect the quarter inch lines from our Zoom uh, Mixer, our R24, so we get a direct feed from the mixer, not doing any kind of open air mic, and it goes directly through the lightning into the Go Mixer and right out to Facebook. And then we actually record it from Facebook and master it. And then what we did um, is we have this version of the old soul down the rabbit hole, before up the nose, which is uh, like an 11 minute slice of a song that kind of came out of the session that we did it was a 45 minute session and we ended up working out this song and this song uh we we really felt it uh and we're actually you know this version of it is the kind of more toned down um you know a guitar but not a distorted guitar it's using like a just like a nylon string guitar you can tell it's a synth. It's not a very, you know, like the electric guitars that we use on our synth. Sometimes people can't tell that they're synth guitars. Um, they think they're real guitars. But this one, you can kind of tell it's a synth. But we went and added like a JDXI um, analog bass line. Uh, and it's kind of low in the mix. We didn't want it to overpower the track because uh, we liked the way it sounded. And it's, you know, it's, it's a live track with a bass overdub been remixed on the Zoom R24 to try to clean it up as much as possible. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of what we do um, is we like to have that kind of indie feel. Okay, we're a big fan of, like, the uh, basement tapes, Bob Dylan and the band. Big fan of uh, Neil Young and uh, his In the Ditch trilogy, like Time Fades Away, On the Beach, and uh, Tonight's Tonight, and recordings that aren't perfect on purpose that have um, the authenticity of the feeling of the moment that you get from like free jazz and jam bands. And that's what we try to bring to electronica because a lot of times we think electronica, electronic music, people spend a lot of money and a lot of time trying to make these perfect mixes and they make it sanitized. And then it somewhat sounds all the same um, and it doesn't have the character that I like in indie or college radio back in the day there was a lot of character in the music um and because the way the production was done it wasn't just trying to be a, like a dance hall hit um and so you know people who do like key corrections and all kinds of things uh on a dog like to keep everything in the same key well you know sometimes the key changes are are part of the, the character of the song if you just sanitize that, you kind of wipe out the individuality of what you're doing. And I like the live record because it gives you that kind of honesty 
and then your overdub, or you go back and you replay it, but you use that as your primary example of a song rather than just uh, building track by track on a sequencer, playing the song, just play the song and then record the song. You know, constructing a sequencer is something we do, but a lot of times we do default to the live playing as the basis of most of our songs. And when we get the OPZ from Teenage Engineering, uh, we're gonna kind of be more in the modern world of Ableton Live and Pro Tools in that we're gonna be using um, the sequencer to create the songs, but we're still gonna be using a hardware device to create the songs at the, at the instrument, which is what we like about OPC, what we like about um, using our Terry Beat Step Pro or any of the hardware since we have like a Moog Brother 32 and the DFAM, you know, writing the song you know, on on the instrument is is key. Cause I think Moog best said it that he felt that analog synths should be played live, and that you should kind of take their their nature of being very um, tone volatile. I mean, they 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 change a lot. You know, it takes a while to warm them up. It takes a while to come up with a patch, and sometimes you can lose a patch, and it, it's a lot of work. Um, not easy to work with analog synth. It's not just pushing the patch and then playing. And and some people might not have the patience for that, but I think what, what is good about it is it creates a really powerful um, um, inspiration. Because every time you, you run, you play with your, your these uh, electronic instruments that aren't just presets, that, that are have subtractive synthesis or additive synthesis, and you have to create your your sound um, from scratch pretty much every time. Or sometimes you're like, you're on a Euro rack, you have everything set up, you'll keep it that way for weeks. And then suddenly you say, I'm gonna pull all the CV wires out and I'm gonna start over. And that, that ability to, to just like totally reset and start from scratch physically with all the knobber functions and the CV is a very, very creative process. It's very inspiring to be able to pull out of your gear you're able to pull new sounds without having to go buy a sound engine. You can basically pull out of your rig consistently all the time, new, new tones. And it's, it's very exciting to be able to do that. You know, and the combination I have with like the make noise math module, and then uh, my performance mixer, my MX one. And then when you go to my zoom R 24, I've got many, many ways to alter the sound. Uh, from di direct access to uh, effects and capability to uh, different mastering profiles and then just uh, workflow changes to subtractive synthesis and how you approach this subtractive synthesis capabilities. Lately, I'm going to be um, working with like routing mode signals into an Arturia to use the state variable filter um, and see how that affects the tone of Moog sounds. Because then you can use the state variable filter on the Arturia Micro Mini Boot 2S and have that affect um, a Moog tone coming from a Mother 32 or a DFAM. So th this old soul down the rabbit hole, we really like um, the sound we were able to get out of it. We're using the VT4, which is the new polyphonic uh, vocoder from Roland. We've had um, some issues with it. Um, compared to the VT3, uh, sometimes 
getting the right mix without distortion is a little difficult just because there's a lot of different variations that you can get lost in compared to the VT3. So the VT03, once you have the sound pretty clear, you can't really screw it up. But with the VT4, it has a lot of capability, but you can actually mess yourself up. Because if you play with the delay or you play with the noise filter and you don't set it right or you don't know what variation you're on because they're numbered and you have to kind of do multiple key presses, it becomes a little bit of a hassle trying to get your sound. Now, I know you got to save your patches and I got to start saving my patches. Um, but the VT3 is kind of pretty clear knob for function and there's no buried capability that I was aware of. And sometimes you can get to your sound a lot faster. Um, just saying, I know it's monophonic and I know it has different capabilities, but like the VT03 has a scatter that I don't see on the VT4. Um, and it has some other features, just, uh, I still like it. I still use it. I probably would, for certain uh, Josephine Electric songs, I like the way the robot feature works on the VT3. Uh, I haven't been able to, to get the robot to work the way I like it on the VT4. And I don't know why, but it's just not giving me a tone. It's like a different model. You know, sometimes when you use different things, like if I use the vocoder on the JDXI, the soprano mode on that creates a character on Josephine that technically on the VT03, I should be able to get to the same thing, but it does sound different. Uh, so each machine has a different quality. You know, probably like the difference between a Jupiter like six and a Jupiter eight, their difference in the way they sound, they're not exactly the same. So they're implemented differently. Um, so like the way it creates the vocal transformation is, is, is different. And there's some features like on the harmony, which I've been using a lot, which is very powerful on the VT4 and I like that. Um, but I would say in some cases, I like um, the robot capability on the VT3 a little better. Um, but the auto-tune kind of pitch correction on the VT4 is very useful and I used it a lot in this song. In this particular song, it's using uh, a very, uh, it's kind of dialed up on the pitch correction. And it's also cool that you can you can control what note you're going to be on. Um, so that, that is also very interesting and very useful. And the compactness of the machine is, is also a good good thing uh, for those who work on um, trying to do a show. Because a lot of what we like to do as the ghost, we like to perform. That's why we do our Facebook Live performances. We like to be able to perform so people can see what we're doing. We're not just a studio creation. And um, I find it somewhat boring to just see DJs today because I'm kind of old school. And I like to see you know a band play. Uh, maybe that's too old school, but I'm back in the day where I like want to see like who's to do on stage with Bob Mold and Grant Hart really playing, where the replacement of Paul Westerberg, you know, or the Clash. There's something to be said for that. Now I understand that this generation likes the the, the new generation of, of musician. However, you can't get the dynamic capabilities if you don't actually play an instrument. In my opinion, being able to solo and do improvisation on a keyboard or a bass, guitar, or horn 
is something I think people shouldn't be lost on. And you would see that there's a lot of hip-hop bands that actually bring live bands on stage because of that. And I think electronic music and venues need to be a little bit more accommodating for bands that actually have sense. Because this year, we have the Mode 1, we have the Prophet X and XL, we have the Grandmother. There's a lot of great instruments that came out, and venues shouldn't just you know, only allow people with laptops and, 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 and CDJs because you're missing a lot of the really great music that's being created by bands who still play. So I understand the DJs have their own place, but I like to write songs, and I don't see a lot of DJs actually doing songs. They're actually structured like progressive rock songs or indie college radio rock songs. So there's still places for bands that do that and um, you know venues need to understand there are artists that want to do that i know the festival scene is more um, accommodating for that uh and then facebook live you know that's the the future like if if these venues don't let a band play then we're going to play in our own home studio and push it out and then request subscribers and request payment that way and then eventually be able to move to a real stage once you get enough of a following so I would suggest any band that really likes to play, you know, set yourself up and, and do a lot of Facebook or a lot of streaming live shows so people can see your what you do. And there's, there's no real cost. Okay? You know, the cost you put into vans and uh, hotel rooms, if you set yourself up in a studio where you can live broadcast from your home in a basement and you got the soundproofing, you got the cameras, and you put it out. I think it's another uh, way to get people to see your your, dyna- your dynamic stage performance. And for the Ghost, we've actually been able to do pretty good uh, with, with our fan reception with these live performances. Uh, in some cases, we've hit almost 3,000 people watching, and that's pretty good compared to when we go to New York and play a venue for like 150 or 300 people. We're reaching a lot more people, and we're getting people to really, you know, follow us and, uh, that that's exciting and i think it's the future is you know having people actually pay for these concerts or donate to the band to have bands continue so that's it for today we're looking forward to our opz uh which is coming shortly before the end of the month we were hoping we'd get it for thanksgiving doesn't look like that's going to happen we're going to check with three water today uh we had our interview with hydra um she's now in minneapolis It's up on all the streaming services. You should listen to it and check out her music. Thank you.